Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. i got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. I think a uh, name you forgot was Billy Wagner on that MLB uh, ballot list. Shout out Billy Wagner. I remember he you said- at least listen, <laughs> he is something like third all time in saves. Yeah, he's, he you got a case for at least. He has like you know I don't think he's a Hall of Famer per se, mm-hmm. but I mean at least you know there's a legitimate argument to be made if Absolutely. Billy Wagner. Mom. Yeah, I remember uh, he came out with Enter Salmon, and people were upset about yeah. it because he's not Enter Salmon. It was all Mo. So uh, he actually <laughs> started that before Mariano. He though, did. Alex. I do remember. Yeah, I remember that was a big thing. Like people were saying, yeah. Billy did it first, but Mo was so much better that he just overtook it. So well, Wagner. I mean, there are worse. There are worse names. Oh on yeah. That list. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. But we'll see what happens when the Writers Association vote him in. But you guys are probably right, Derek Jeter. Hundred percent. Hands down. Respect to the captain. Uh, let's get into some football, guys. Uh, Monday Night Football in Mexico City. The Chiefs take down the Chargers 24-17 to in front of 76,000-plus fans filled that stadium. Shout-out to Mexico City showing their football fandom. Pat Mahomes finished with 19-32 of 32 passing, 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Not a good Pat Mahomes day, but he was the leading rusher for the Chiefs with 59 yards on five carries. Travis Kelsey got involved with seven catches for 92 yards and a score. On the other side, man, Phillip Rivers, what is he going to do to have to win? 28 of 52 passing, 353 yards, but one touchdown and four interceptions. Melvin Gordon led the way, 14 carries with 69 nice yards. And Austin Eckler had eight catches for 108 yards. But the key thing here, guys, 17 total penalties in the game. I don't know what's going on with the NFL officiating, but they love those yellow flags. Um, we're looking ahead. Kansas City and the Chargers both have buys in Week 12, but for Week 13, uh, the Chiefs take on Oakland at home, and the Chargers go to Denver to take on the Broncos. Good thing for the Chiefs, too, because they had injuries from Tyreek Hill, who did not help my yeah. fantasy team, Damian Williams, and safety Jordan Lucas. So this bye week could I would not be have surprised come. if that Chiefs-Raiders game, not this week, but for Week 13, for the division. gets flexed. Gets flexed into Sunday night also Absolutely. because of the implications. Yeah, don't sleep on the Raiders. They can uh, they can creep up here and take that division in the West. I mean, if, if the Raiders, also side note, totally side note, if the Raiders make the playoffs, I think Gruden's got to be in the conversation for coach of the year. I mean, he's coaching this team up after all that drama with hard knocks. What a, what a great coach uh, yeah, Chuck he's been doing. I think it's a fair statement. Uh, but we'll move on. Let's go to some NBA guys. The Clippers take down the Thunder oh, 90. Shanahan, have to uh, yeah, Shanahan, there you go, Kyle Shanahan, there you go. Uh, the Clippers take down the Thunder 90 to 88. Um, without Kawhi Leonard for the third straight game, load management, I don't know, a knee contusion kept him out. He hasn't played with Paul George yet this season, but Paul George got his revenge. He finished with 18 points and seven rebounds against his former team. Montrez Harrell, actually, ironically, off the bench, led the way in points with 28 points in a 12-rebound double-double game. On the other side for the Thunder, Chris Paul, 22 points, four assists, and Steven Adams with a near double-double of nine points and 10 rebounds. Uh, let's go to the Mavericks taking down the Spurs, 117-110. to Guys, Luka Doncic dominating a career-high 42 points. He finished with his sixth triple-double of his young NBA career, 42 points, 11 rebounds, and 12 assists. He's in his second season. He's got six triple-doubles already. Uh, he's doing great. Christos Porzingis finished with a double-double, 18 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and for San Antonio, one of the rare win wins, right? For that situation. Crazy. I mean, you, you trade with Atlanta. I mean, one, you know, you get trade, you one, one guy gets trade on the other guy gets yeah. Luka Doncic. I mean, I, I don't think either out. of those franchises <laughs> is going, um, 
I won. Not like you <laughs> both won. Like that often yeah. doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's usually somebody gets fleeced, but sure. congratulations to both organizations. You got 20 year vets there. Absolutely. Luca killing it in his young career and Trey Young shooting threes and hitting him from the logos. Yep. So it's great to see yep. both these yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. This is the future of the league, guys. This is the future. These yep. guys are showing up. It's crazy. This early in their careers. Unbelievable. Sure. Um, for San Antonio, DeMar DeRozan finishing with 36 points and 8 rebounds. LaMarcus Aldridge, a near double-double of 16 points and 9 rebounds. We said it was Luka's sixth triple-double of the season. Well, that was the Spurs' sixth straight loss of this season. So mm. we'll see what happens when San Antonio moving forward uh, as the season progresses. Let's take a look at some NFL MVP odds, guys. we got a little bit of a, of a change up here. LaMar takes the sole lead of the MVP favorites. He is at plus 140. And Russell Wilson is still at plus 150. Deshaun Watson at plus 1,400. Aaron Rodgers at plus 1,600. And I, I, I know it's because it's a quarterback thing, but I really, really, really want to pull for this guy, Christian McCaffrey, at plus 3,800. I mean, the team If scored... you listen to Booger McFarlane last night, Michael Thomas should be the damn Michael MVP. He could do nothing but throw Michael Thomas's name into the MVP race, which is a little outlandish for a wide receiver. It is interesting that it went down for Lamar. To me, that's more of the recency bias. Remember, Russell wasn't playing, mm -hmm. you know, and so all of a sudden we see Lamar, the nice shiny toy. I think it's a two-horse race. And Seattle, with they have the same record as the Ravens, I believe, and they're a wild-card team, so it's, it's crazy. Uh, that how is great why the, you never, ever, ever, it. ever listen to Monday Night Football with the volume up. <laughs> like, watch oh, yeah. it, put, you never, ever keep the volume up. So you can make some never. cash. We would have given you plenty of ways to make cash last night. Ever. Yeah. Don't listen to Monday Night Football broadcasters. Listen to no. Make It Rain on the Sports Grid no. TV network to give you the best odds and win some hey, cash. Don't, don't go anywhere, man. I want to ask you something, man. You stay there. All right, I will stay, and we're going to send All it back right. to the guys on Make It Rain. Listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. Hour two on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Welcome in those of you joining us on Pluto TV Channel 517, all 20 million of you. Thank you very much for stopping by, making us a part of your day here as Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. Look to make it rain for you here today. And, um, and Alex, I got a question for you, man, here. Right as I'm ahead, just uh, Speaking of updates here, um, what in the, in this uh, pit league that we have, our fantasy football, oh, what is the name oh, of your team? Oh, oh, what man, is, what is the name of it? Uh, what, what was it? It is, well, it is I, too many cooks. Oh, oh, that's funny. That's the team I played this week. And, oh. So let's see here. Oh, look at that. What a that nah, that's unfortunate for you. You didn't even make it to triple digits, huh? 86 points. Is that ouch? 124. I will say this. Ain't that a shame. Ain't that a shame. My word. <laughs> uh, uh yeah. How what 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 spot are you? Who's worse than you? Let's start with that. Who in the pit actually has a worse record than you right well, now? We actually uh we have two teams. With worse records than me. That will be uh, Where's Antonio, a.k.a. The Closer. And uh, we got Halfway <laughs> Cooks, uh, a.k.a. Steve, one of our producers, who actually traded me to help me get into the 10th spot. So I guess a uh, shout-out to Steve for making me not the worst team in the league. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, at least there's that. Uh, uh, there there is that. <laughs> I just uh, I want you all to know, too, again, I have uh, Kareem Hunt's available for trading. <laughs> 
I uh, just want to throw it out there. Any of that might need help during the, I know, I yeah. got a lot of crap there for getting Kareem, but yet here we are. Still, how many weeks left to go now in fantasy leagues, two. Dane? How long has it? Two, two weeks two before weeks. the playoffs. We got two, two weeks, weeks left to go, Joe. All right. So it's a it's a big final push, man. And that's uh, and how many teams make the playoffs? I think it's six. a sixteen playoff. That's six. right. Top Joe, six. You and I are one game out with two to go, brother man. All right. So this is big for us. Unfortunately, uh, Alex, uh, that looks like your season. Uh, you're kind of like the Chargers right now, right? This yeah, loss kind of, you know, kind of uh, stuck a fork in you there. Yeah, pretty much um, stick a fork in me. I'm done. However, I will not be one of those fantasy players that just sits and lays down and goes, "I'm just done." I'm going to be the spoil team, the spoil yeah, team for the next two weeks. So watch out whoever's playing yes. me this week and next. Yes. I don't quit, man. I don't care if I'm the 10th team or the last no, team. That's my play next week. Hey, oh, it's yep, me and yep. you, Dane? Oh, God. Oh, Are yeah. you halfway cooked? Uh, no, that's actually Steve. So the worst team oh, in the league. Thanks, I'm yeah, the last Steve's the team. worst team. Don't lose Nothing. that game. Don't you lose that game. We'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Give me, great. Give me Sussman. I want you, I Sussman. I'm coming after you. someone you love. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Bunch of uh, bunch of opportunities here tonight to make it rain. 49 college basketball games, 13 NHL games, four NBA games, and of course, Mac action football with, if you like craziness, guys, you are going to love what Mac action brings to the table tonight. We'll talk about um, some of those games, plus we'll take a look at some of these early lines in the NFL with some of the biggest market movers thus far. But I did want to uh, just spend two minutes here with a gambling you, for those of you that might be just joining us here on uh, Pluto TV and others, welcome in, uh, channel, uh, channel 517. It's, this was a very unique, uh, very unique week here uh, coming out of week 11 of the NFL season. Unique from the standpoint of it was dominated by favorites. And what we know in the sports investing world is that when favorites win, that usually means sports books lose and the public, the novices, the newbies, the recreational gambler, whether it's five bucks, two bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it is, they often win. And, and this was a weekend where a lot of people either knew uh, to sports betting or, or have been just recreational where they only bet the NFL and they bet this weekend. Uh, they walked away with a pocket of money here, certainly more money than what their bankroll originally started with. And the reason I want to say, uh, and the reason I'm pointing this out is because this is maybe the most important lesson of any sports investor to understand. We talk about bankroll management, but it's easier said than done if you're new to this because most often than not, you win one, you lose one, you win one, you lose one. You're never really ahead of the game. But now you guys are going to wake up, look in your accounts today and be like, whoa, I, 
I, I'm ahead. I got some money here. And right. your knee-jerk reaction is to do one of a couple of things. Either A, uh, start doubling up your bets or betting gotcha. more than what you normally <laughs> would do. Or even worse, you'll start doing these exotic plays where, you know, you'll rip out 25 different parlays and this and that. And again, just letting you understand that slow and steady wins the race. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. When you have weekends like this where you are up a few bucks, it is even more important to be disciplined enough to understand to slow it down. Don't change anything. That's why we're a big proponent when you guys start out to being a flat better, meaning equal amounts of bets on all the games that you do. If you're a $25 better, don't start betting 100 bucks because you had a good weekend a game. Bet continue to stay steady, stay the course. So when it's all said and done at the end of the year, when you add up that bankroll, you go, wow, I didn't blow all the winnings that I made there on the weeks that I actually profited. Bankroll management is huge, guys, but it starts when you have a really good weekend, like many of the public bettors did this week. Take that money. And just forget about it. Continue to do business as you normally have with the market. Make your same plays for the same amount. Don't change anything because you, your bankroll is higher now. Just go ahead. Continue to stay the course. You want a couple hundred bucks? Great. Next, new week, new situation. Nothing stays the same. It is, and I know it's cliche, guys, but it is without a doubt a marathon, not a sprint. Don't go crazy buying a whole bunch of hookers and prostitutes and everything else and uh, over the weekend here because you're up a few hundred. No, leave it in there at the end of the year. Let's make sure you're up way more money than what you started with. And that is what we call a successful sports investing year. And Dane, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's rule number one, brother, because you and I both know mm -hmm. it's one thing to talk about it until all of a sudden you look at your bankroll, dude, and you're like, wow, I'm up 500 bucks. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, you know, like, what? Well, and the first reaction is, well, I'll just throw in a buck 50 a game and let's see yeah. that. Or I'll throw in a don't like flat betting is the disciplined flat betting. Don't change anything just because you had a good weekend or a good couple of days or even a good week. Stay the damn course. Otherwise, two weeks from now, you'll be like, what the hell happened to all that money I won? Yeah, and I got to tell you the truth, Joe. This happened uh, to me, you know, yes, uh, on Sunday. I had, a good mm -hmm. week. I had a good day. Okay, I had a good day. I went something like four and one on my bets. I hit a teaser, a four-team teaser. I was feeling good. I, like you said, woke up yesterday morning with more money in my account, right? I had to exercise extreme discipline. There were a lot of things I liked on Monday Night Football, Joe. I had to check myself and only – I literally only bet half of the things I wanted to because of exactly what you just said, Joe. I was like, let me not get carried away and start getting too cute and bet on things I wouldn't normally bet. For example, Joe, you know, our boy Gabe's been talking about that long field goal prop for years, mm -hmm. right? right? I had a good day. So I was like, eh. You know, out in the thin air in Mexico City, let me bet this long field goal prop. Then there was a voice in my head that was like, Dane, don't go overboard. Just do what you do, right? And so – and I would have even hit the long field goal prop, but I'm fine with this because right. it's about 
discipline. You keep mm -hmm. inching it up the hill, and like you said, at the end of whatever your period is, the month, the week, the year, you look up, and you just want to have a few more units than you started with. Inch it up the hill, people. Correct. It's a marathon. Don't make it a sprint, guys. Nobody wins in a sprint. We're all out of shape. Uh, there is uh, also some news regarding... Uh, the I guess the suspensions and the, the final ruling plan is coming down tomorrow. The NFL is announced, so we will know exactly what's going to happen with Miles Garrett and everybody else involved uh, in that uh, melee there on the field for uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland on Thursday night. Uh, I think we're all in agreement here, Dane, that the chances are they will just put a, a number on it and say six games, whatever's left in the yeah. season, that's what they'll assign because of the, obviously, you have a CBA in place for purposes just like this. That's why you're a member of a union. Uh, and I think the final list of exactly who's getting fined what, all of that will be made available to the public tomorrow. And the good news is there isn't anybody that's been left out. And I didn't... We weren't of a, you know, suspend Mason Rudolph. We always said that, you know what? Are you going to hold him accountable for anything in that situation there? Because initially it sounded like they weren't, but now it sounds like, yeah, it's going to hit him in the pocketbook. And, you know, I don't need a pound of flesh, but you do need to send a statement that, yeah, I guess you're the quarterback, dude, but at the same time, you can't be. You can't be instigating brawls right. with defensive players without a penalty. And I think maybe that to me was the bigger, that was the bigger message of all of this is what, what does he represent in all of this? And what is his fine going to be? And I guess we'll finally know tomorrow for sure. Yeah, we talked about this when it happened on Friday, right? Uh, on the Friday show, we talked about how Mason Rudolph was not without fault. Now, obviously, uh, Miles Garrett went over the line. Sure. But Mason Rudolph was, you know, towing it. I mean, yep. he tried to rip Miles Garrett's helmet off. He just was less effective at doing so. And then yep. even when two offensive linemen were trying to, like, stand in front of them and in between them, Mason got up in Miles Garrett's grill. Um, I'm not excusing anything Miles Garrett did, but Mason Rudolph should not be uh, without punishment. To be honest, Joe, I, I, I would not... I would not bat an eyelash if he were if he did actually get a game. Uh, right. It looks like it's going to be just a fine, but yeah, uh, they gotta they gotta uh, they gotta hit him as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't you know you can't just make it one sided because that yeah. that sends an even worse message. I think than uh, than it's not a matter of blaming the victim. It's just a matter of taking the situation, guys, and calling it for what it is. You can't be afraid to call it for what it is. And apparently, the owner of the Panthers now. Is uh, got no problem telling you exactly where he stands because it's amazing. Uh, all of a sudden, Kyle Allen may not be the future of the Panthers now. Is that what's uh, going on? But uh, the owner did say that he is not, and they have not as an organization, made a decision on Cam Newton's future, who, of course, we knew stepped aside this year. He's going to have surgery. Maybe he's right. not. Bottom line is he's done for the year. I think this was a test case to see if Kyle Allen is their guy. I don't know. How do you go from winning four games, being the future, to having a couple of bad games as a rookie, and now all of a sudden people are telling me Kyle Allen can't play? I, I don't know. What is it, Dane? What is it? Either one. It's not that he can't play, but when right. he won four in a row, it's not that he was a superstar. You know, there's a reason he's a backup quarterback, and they get exposed over time. Carolina will be in the market, I still think. Maybe one of these other merry-go-round guys. Andy I don't Dalton? think Cam. 
I don't think Cam's in the market for him, but we'll see what yeah. happens here. Someone else. Yep. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. be the next daily fantasy millionaire and if you are well you're one of those folks you maybe you want to dunk on your nba dfs competition and you can do so with dailyroto.com and simply dominate on fanduel and DraftKings this season how about you compete with the pros with the dailyroto.com optimizer the most accurate projections in nba dfs plus you get lineup alerts breaking news late swap support and so much more you can save 10% now on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. That's dailyroto.com forward slash DUNK to learn more. Dailyroto.com forward slash DUNK. And keep in mind that dailyroto.com, it's where millionaires are made. And welcome into the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is uh, Dane Martinez. And, and Dane, I got to ask you too, what is, I mean, we mentioned about our you know, our crazy little, uh, you know, in-house uh, pit league yep. uh, fantasy here. But yeah, I know there's a lot of guys I saw crying yesterday about max injury. Uh, you know, now Tyreek Hill's gone. Yeah. What does the waiver wire even look like right now for some guys? I mean, is there what the hell's available? And it, it looks like, listen, Indy's got some options. They got some depth right. at running back. So I, I don't know. I mean, what exactly, what do you do if you're, you know, coming in a home stretch here and, and look at that, everybody's hurt now. What the hell do I do? Is there anybody left on the wire at all? Yeah, I mean, so obviously it's different for different leagues. And one of the things I do on my show, Fantasy Freestyle, Mondays and Thursdays, 7 to 8 p.m., is we look at the waiver wire on the show. And I give you the kind of top ads at the running back wide out and tight end positions of guys who are owned in less than 50% of leagues. Okay, that is a key, right? Mm -hmm. So for, for a lot of times, Joe, at this point of the season, it's, you know, it's finding the next man up. You know, it's finding the next man up usually due to injury. You know, if you want to know the truth. So, for example, uh, this week, you know, we talked about guys like, you know, at the at the running back position. Yeah, Jonathan Williams in Indy may be replacing Marlon Mack. You know, could Bo Scarborough be a piece now in Detroit? Shady McCoy was only 54% owned. The guy like Darius Geis coming back will be unowned. Um, at the wide receiver position, for example, Joe, a lot of people are adding Devontae Parker because mm. he has 10 targets in each of his last two games, augmented by the loss of, uh, you know, the, the unicorn, right? Uh, Williams, Williams yep, yep. But here's yep. the other thing to look at, and this is really important, and this is a good nugget for you, Joe, and for others. What also happens a lot, Joe, is fantasy owners are forced to drop players that they wouldn't want to because right. of their bye week, okay? Sometimes bye weeks cause issues, right? And you got to drop, make tough, tough decisions. So a lot of times you can find guys that had their bye week last week that are surprisingly out there, 
okay, mm. and have nothing else wrong but coming back from the bye. Other people coming back from injury as well. So, for example, maybe someone like Sterling Shepard for the Giants who's missed four or five straight games and their team has a bye. They kind of fall off people's mind, the radar, you know what I right. mean? But he would be out there as well. Uh, at the wide receiver position, you got Shepard, uh, Parker, and also Debo Samuel. Listen, Debo's only owned in half of leagues, Joe. And if Manny Sanders has to miss any more time because of that ribs, you know it. Besides Kittle, Debo has been the number one option there. Um, right. So that's what it is. It's guys coming back from injury, Joe. It's guys who are like the next man up because of injury. And then mm -hmm. keep a check. It's worth a look for guys, you know, coming back from their buy that maybe had to have gotten dropped because an owner got painted into a corner. Yeah, it's, it, listen, there's a lot of guys right now struggling, looking and going, wow, what, yep. the, what do I do now? Now, the good news is I believe they said Mac is going to have some sort of surgery on a hand, but they're, for some reason they're not ruling him out for the rest of the year. So there right. might be an opportunity where he can come in he and he can in actually. 48 hours, though, Joe. Like, I'll tell you that. I guess, but it looked uh, like they he got had a procedure depth. yesterday on the hand. He ain't playing in two days. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, but hey, listen, they've got some depth. And I yeah. guess uh, if you got a couple of days to be able to have to make that final decision on ending his year, then why not? I mean, it's he ain't playing. You're right. He ain't playing uh, in a divisional matchup here. against the Texans. Yeah, they, that ain't happening. Not happening at all. But there are a couple of, and uh, Dane and I talked about it a little earlier, there are some monster matchups this this coming week in week 12, divisional matchups, uh, even, you know, NFC great matchups like the flex game there being the Green Bay Packers and the 49ers, which, you know, very well could be a playoff game, a preview to a playoff game. But one of those games that is seeing a lot of uh, movement, Dane, is the, in fact, the uh, Seattle game heading to Philadelphia, which hmm. is interesting, too, because it opened up where Philadelphia was listed as a short three-point home favorite. But it didn't last long. I, it, this is down to one and a half and one in a lot of books, meaning Seattle's getting pounded right now. I mean, yeah. folks are coming in with an awful lot of bets and some money here. And I guess maybe it shouldn't surprise us because they fit that whole, you know, uh, road dog, road dog. Uh, type of situation here, which has been very profitable. But... Let's face it. I mean, they are six points or less as a road dog. It's been one of the most profitable trends in the market this year in the NFL. The Seahawks are one and four against the number at home, but they are four and one against the number on the road. And they also appear to be hammering the total. It opened up at 49, Dan, and it's already bet down to 48. So we're seeing mm -hmm. a one and a half, some even two point line movement towards Seattle away from the home team. And we're also starting to see the under take some money in this game. Uh, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but, you know, Seattle flying to being in Philly, it's, it is a little it's a little surprising, yeah. to say the least. So let me ask you something here. And this is a, an authentic question, Joe. Really, uh, you know, we talk about different trends that we put stock in. Right. One of the ones I do believe in is that West Coast team flying east. OK. Um, but Joe, remember, this initially was the Sunday night game. Right. Is that idea of a West Coast team flying east? Because this is now a one o'clock start. Does that change anything in the idea of the handicappers? You know, that West team, Coast team flying east for a one o'clock start is different than the body clock if it was an 820 kickoff. Does that matter at all, Joe? 
it, it it doesn't because the you know the guys moving the line are betting an awful lot of money. It's got nothing to do with it because they're all back in Seattle, which is why the line is moving away from Philadelphia. Is they don't think it has anything to do with right. it. They think Seattle is the better is the better play. And I get the trends that we're looking off here. Seahawks coming off a bye, number one. Um, but he's coming they are, Seattle. They are much it better. At three? It started at three for Philly. Oh, okay. And My now bad. it's now it's moving towards, you know, Seattle here. And yeah. I get it. Coming off the bye, not going to be added rest. Get it. Uh, they are one and four at home against the number. They've been terrible, which is so opposite for them. But they've been four and one against the number covering on the road. We watched it in Pittsburgh. We so I get what they're doing here. I, does this sound like a shootout to you? Because I kind of agree with the total. Um, no, I don't think this is necessarily a shootout. I, I need to see will Jordan Howard be back. Remember, we've been talking about this. That I really believe that Jordan Howard adds a piece for their run game and allows them to be multiple and diverse. And I could see, you know, Seattle will want to run the ball as well. I don't care if Josh Gordon is bad, is there yep. for them now. They're a run-heavy team. So I could see this being, and, and, you know, we've also seen when Carson Wentz is forced into being a volume thrower, like we've talked about with other teams, it doesn't go well for Philly. So both of these teams, I think, will want to run the ball. I buy this being, I, I buy this number coming down. It stands at 48 right now. Joe, at FanDuel, it's still two points. Still two points. Okay. So, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting move early on, as is the Cowboys taking on the Patriots. This was another big one. This one opened up six and a half points. Patriots is a home favorite. They're pounding Dallas because obviously uh, maybe the hook had something to do with there. That's yeah. six and a half. It is down to six in a lot of places that I'm seeing here. Again, Cowboys, road dog, short road dog, under a touchdown here. I, but the Patriots, again, how do you bet? You know, obviously somebody's betting against it because the line's moving towards Dallas. But this is a tough, another one of these spots where – do you go against what we know to be true with Brady and Belichick, or do you back Dallas here? So I don't think I go against Brady and Belichick, but here's what I do think. We've been saying all season long, Joe, that the Patriots' schedule gets tougher, okay? And I think Dallas is an embodiment of that, and maybe we're not going to see these generational all-time record point differentials anymore. You know what I mean? They were beating the Washington and the Jets and Miami. They're beating them by 30. Now, you see you see the Cleveland game. You see the Philly game. The Philly game's at least tighter. And maybe people are thinking that New England's still good enough to win, but not to absolutely boat race these people. And so we'll get more reasonable lines or people are betting being like, all right, six points, that's enough. I think New England will be in more close games moving forward. And I don't think that's a horrible idea because I do think the Patriots will be tested more in the second half of the season. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny, these two teams, the, the two teams totally different as far as the total goes. The total opened up at 46, but the over is 7-3 and three in Dallas's games this year, and yeah. the Patriots 7-3 and three to the under. So something is going to give here. What's it going to be? Is do you believe in the Patriots defense more than the Cowboys offense? Because the Cowboys have been they've been profitable to the over, but with the Patriots, it's all about the under this year. That number, I'm going to be very interested to see what that does this week, Dane. Yeah, my initial lean, Joe, would be towards the under um, in mm. this game. 
Uh, my initial need would be towards the under. Dallas will run the ball. You, listen, Stephon Gilmore is, you know, under-respected as one of the best corners oh, yes. in the NFL. And you put him on Amari Cooper, who, by the way, is banged up, okay? Um, and I think that could be that could be a difference. You know, Bill Belichick will take something away. I'm excited to see what exactly that is. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. But my initial lean would be under on the 46 total I'm seeing at Panther. Couple of other interesting moves here. NFL Week 12 trying to beat the closing line. We'll go ahead. We'll talk about them coming up next here. Make it rain on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, taking a look here on the NFL spreads that usually open up uh, right around Sunday evening, guys. And uh, it's always a good time for you to take a look early on in the week as to where the numbers started and which way they are trending because it also gives you a good barometer as far as what the true odds of a game should be because obviously early in the week, the limits are down at sports books, so they are hoping and they are relying upon the professionals to come in and tell them how bad they've missed or if they're right on. They can tell that by the amount of action that they are getting, which is why you also see lines open up at one thing and end up at another. And what we're always trying to do is beat the closing line. In other words, gain the couple of cents one way or the other, which all adds up at the end of the year where you want to get in on a number and then watch it go in the opposite direction and you feeling really good about your bet. And a couple of these lines, and there's always a handful of games early on in the week that that show you just how off the books were and which way they are putting the line. And we told you about the Seahawks opening up Philly as a minus three-point home favorite. The money has all come in towards Seattle. Also, New England, six and a half point. We've already seen a lot of the money come towards Dallas. And another one, which I find interesting, how about the Buffalo Bills at home? Now seven and three, Dane. They're going to welcome in the Denver Broncos, who covered against Minnesota on the road there. And you would think, obviously, a layup for Buffalo based upon the win-loss records. However, Buffalo opened up five and a half point home favorite. Man, that didn't last long because it's immediately dropped down to four and a half, even four in some places. So that's a lot of love for Denver here, uh, Dane, to start off here. Is it an overvaluation of Buffalo maybe? Or, uh, again, Denver, road road dog, guys. We can go down the list here. Road dog, road dog off a loss, short road dog. I mean, there's a lot of the, the trends that fit for Denver here. But what does the eye test tell you here in this uh, in this particular matchup with Denver and Buffalo? I think it'll be very tough. You know, one of the things that I always look at is the schedule, Joe. And I know it is tough for an NFL team on back-to-back road games. 
and that is what's facing the Denver Broncos. They were at Minnesota, and remember, they had a great first half, but then Minnesota came back on them. Now, after that, they don't go back home. They got to sack up and go further east to Buffalo. I think that's a tough task. I think maybe the line moves for a couple of reasons. One, people saw that Denver hung with Minnesota and was, like, impressive, outperformed the number. Remember, they were double-digit dogs last week and lost, you know— uh, kind of the very end of the game. So maybe they overperform their line and some there's some correction there. The other thing, and we say this all the time, Joe, I also look at the total, 37 and a half. And this mm. may be a gambling you kind of thing as well, right? With low totals, we always, generally speaking, say it's harder to cover a big spread because if the book is expecting it as a relatively low-scoring game, then how do you go about getting that working margin? And we talk about that. So I wonder if this incredibly low total makes people you know, uh, skeptical about Denver, uh, about Buffalo being able to cover that number. But for me, Joe, I don't want to back Denver here in a back-to-back -back road game spot against two playoff teams in a row. They may play well or play well early, but ultimately, I am going to lean with the home team here. It is, uh, you know, of course, Buffalo, it's not like Denver is any bargain either. But this time of year, weather-wise, in Buffalo, is not great. Forecasts already calling for, yeah. you know, temperatures in the, uh, you know, 20s. But, again, the wind is the big problem here. It's supposed to be an extremely windy day coming off of that lake uh, up in Buffalo. And that could... I mean, 37, Dane, I would not at all be surprised if we see that thing down to 36 before right. long. Uh, these two defenses we know can get at it. And, yeah, I mean, could we see a 2010 game? Yeah, yeah, damn absolutely. straight we probably could. You know what absolutely. I mean? So, But it's interesting how fast that line has moved down to that four number from five and a half where mm -hmm. – uh, the Sharps are, are telling you Denver's uh, Denver's got some value here this weekend in their game against Buffalo. And then the one other big mover of the uh, of the early week here, Dane, is the Monday night matchup, the Ravens at the Rams. And Baltimore opened up as a three and a half point road favorite here. Right. But it seems the Rams People jumped on the hook there. Give me the three and a half because it looks like it's dropped down to around three now. And the total in this one, 46 and a half. And I don't need to tell you about them primetime unders. So this is what that, this fits into here at 46 and a half. But it's interesting. You know, you said West Coast to East Coast, East Coast to West Coast. Rams obviously still banged up here, still hurting. But a win is a win. They're home again against a... Uh, against the Ravens team with Lamar, could Aaron Donald and this defense, could this defense limit what we could anticipate here from Lamar Jackson and company? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen anybody truly stop them yet. Um, so I don't know. I think I will make this point, though, Joe. You say it's down to three. Over our friends on FanDuel, it is still three and a half. But the three and a half is minus 125. So we yeah, always so. say that there's clues in the juice, right? It's up to 125. That means they are about to move it to three, but they haven't done it just yet. So if you love that hook, go get it over at FanDuel. You know, you talk about the west to east. That's for early games. East to west, 
for late night games have the same effect. So we'll see if Monday night football for the Ravens, if their body clocks, that game will be kicking off uh, at a time that they believe is 1130 p.m. You know what I mean? So we'll see about their body clocks. But no, I mean, you're going to bet. You know, we, we, we bet with streaks, right? Not to get in front of them necessarily. I, I, I got to see Lamar get stopped. Could Aaron Donald get pressure on him? Yeah. Could Jalen Ramsey take away someone like Hollywood Brown? Yeah, but then guess what? He feeds his not one, not two, but three tight ends. And, you know, they're just so multiple, so diverse. I You know, I got to see someone stop him first. They're the number one offense in the NFL. And when you think about that, you think about throwing teams, right? The Rams, the Saints, the Chiefs. No, the number one offense in the NFL is the run-heavy Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens. So I got to see someone slow him before I bet it that way. It's interesting, too. I didn't realize it's actually Lamar Jackson's very first Monday night football start. So this will be his his first uh, his first shot in a uh, primetime matchup on Monday night. Oh, Booger is going to wax poetic over this. Oh, my word, dude. You got to be kidding (laughs) me. Turn it into a drinking game, people, next Monday night. Wow. You know, it's coming, too, man. You know, it's coming. But uh, the total two forty six and a half. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. I I will say this. If I'm a Rams fan. They took the training wheels and a bubble wrap off a of girly last week, at least in they the did. first half. 20 so he does bring a, you know, if you can get a vintage girly, or at sure. least that's the way you're going, it does change the game a little bit. If for no other reason, just his pass catching ability out of the backfield, then it becomes a, 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 a matchup yeah. nightmare for a Ravens, uh, you know, second line there, that linebackers and secondary, that's a matchup nightmare. Yeah, and remember, I don't know, Joe, we still don't have any clarity on what the Robert Woods personal issue was. Yeah, exactly. That caused him to miss uh, Sunday night, right? Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong, but they're starting to say Brandon Cooks, was he trending in the right direction? Or is there still no timetable? There's a chance, what I mean, that the Rams will have more of a full complement of their weapons um, to to try and go after Baltimore as well. So they may be able to, you know, put up more points and hold up to their end of the bargain on this total if you want to lean over. But I know you like the primetime unders, Joe. And remember also, we said this yesterday. The Rams changed their scheme blocking. They used to, they were a zone blocking scheme, but that's not what we saw when they gave Gurley the ball uh, against Chicago. We saw them double teaming in the middle of that line and telling Gurley to plow forward. That is different, and maybe that's a better idea for their run game. So we'll see. If their running game is going on, they actually feed Gurley. Maybe they get Woods back. Maybe we do see a return of the Rams offense, but it's going to be a tough test. Uh, it's interesting, our Jets, too, Dane, uh, with the Raiders this week. And this opened up as Oakland is a uh, three-point road favorite here at MetLife Stadium taking on the New York Jets. And I have seen it uh, at two and a half in a lot of places here, which means that there is certainly somebody betting the Jets here and backing them. But uh, this is another one of those spots, Dane, where – We've got a three and seven Jets team taking on a, you know, Raiders team six and four. The Raiders must be better, right? Well, the Raiders are minus 25 point differential this year. And yeah, that generally tells us, historically tells us that that's a better indicator on what a team's true value is and what whether they are, if they've just gotten all the breaks or if they truly are worthy of their record. 
And quite honestly, the Oakland Raiders, I, they're not that much better than the New York Jets, and the numbers bear out to show it. So I don't know. Giving them, I mean, you're talking about, that's a three-point swing. You're now a three-point road favorite in New York. You run the ball well, and the Jets stop the ball. I, you know, it, it seems like I'd be very careful looking at the Raiders this week, thinking that they are strictly the better team because they have the better record. I think these two teams are a hell of a lot closer than people realize. And you want to give me points uh, with MetLife Stadium with the Jets at home? Yeah, all right. I, I got no problem taking them by, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm with you, Joe. There's a lot of reasons here. I've been talking a lot about the West Coast to East Coast 1 o'clock game. That's one thing. Yep. All be, for all the Jets' warts, you know, they're second in the NFL in stopping the run. OK, and I don't know, you know, Josh Jacobs went off last week for 110 and all that. That was against Cincinnati and their worst yeah. run defense in the NFL. This is yep. a different test. And if Josh Jacobs gets stifled, then it goes back to Derek Carr, you know, and on the on his arm. And can he really do it? He's played all right, but this may be a different challenge. The other thing, and I don't know how much you throw, how much stock you throw into this kind of uh, narrative, Joe. But all of a sudden, people are starting to give the Raiders a little bit more credit, right? You they were that. kind of under-respected for the first few months of the season. Now people are starting to warm up to them, right? And it's like, oh, so maybe they're smelling themselves a little bit. And remember what we talked about week 13 is Raiders-Chiefs, right? So this could profile to me as a trap game for the Raiders and the fact that the Jets can stop the run. And don't look now. Sammy D has played pretty well in the last few games now that maybe he's over the mono. Okay, remember, uh, we always thought that even when he was back, it was going to take a little while. He's played well. They can stop the run. West Coast to East Coast and Kansas City on the horizon. I'll take the Jets to three points at home. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Those are the kinds of uh, early matchups there, early line movements that got us shaking. And again, the whole... We're shaking our heads at some of these, but the whole point of uh, of being a, a sports investor is to try to beat the line, guys, is to try to gain value, get it at a certain number, and watch it go the other way because you feel you're on the right side. That's why you bet games early on in the week and you follow the markets from here on out. Uh, there are a couple of uh, Mac games I will just throw out uh, your way yeah, here, Dan, because you know what's going to happen here in a set. It's going to be total pandemonium. Except for anything that Bowling Green plays in. Uh, they're taking on the Ohio Bobcats. Here's what you need to know about the Bowling Green Falcons. You ready? They have scored a grand total of three offensive touchdowns in their past three games. Really? That's all you need to know. So lay the 20 points here with Ohio and expect Ohio <laughs> to blow the doors off of Bowling Green. Ohio is in a – they have a shot of, of being – uh, not only uh, in a pretty actually lucrative bowl game, too. So they're 6-6. Six and six. Expect Ohio. Don't be afraid of the 20 points. Lay the damn number. Bowling Green might score one touchdown. That's it. Don't expect it. It's a high number. Yeah. Yep. Score it. Don't worry about it. This has got 45-7 to seven written all over it. That's one of those games. Bowling Green ain't coming back in the fourth quarter. <laughs> they, they haven't for three weeks. So interesting. Oh, 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 oh,
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. you missed on Make It Rain. What you also saw was Tyreek Hill and others go out with like cramps and muscle things. And to me, that was part of the altitude. Remember, the Chargers went over there and practiced like at altitude in Colorado Springs. The Chiefs were like, nah, we're good. And then really quickly early in the game, you had Chiefs cramping with muscle mm-hmm. stuff like Tyreek Hill. I think that could have been part of the altitude as well. There's real impacts there. Yeah, and it was, again, 2,000 feet above what Denver is, guys. Yeah. And we know the advantage that Denver gets, certainly, uh, playing at home. In that stadium, Joe, yeah, it is it's... like you get winded just climbing the stairs to your seat. Yeah, Andy Reid said after the game it was hysterical. Like, he was on the sideline. He said even my lungs were burning. So he, yeah. was, uh, he was pretty impressed with what his players were able to work through. But I don't think enough credit is given also to you have Desmond King and you have Casey yeah. Hayward Casey Jr., Hayward. Two, two members of that secondary in the Chargers organization. Guys, they are, I mean, which is, it's unfortunate. Fortunate. I know they're going to get a little help. They're on the buy. They're going to. They're still four and seven at this point. They are getting um, some help there. But uh, these two guys were. It, it wasn't a great matchup, even if uh, if Tyreek Hill was there because of that secondary. And I think we talked about it from the Chargers side, guys. But anybody that thinks this is the same old, same old Kansas City Chiefs this year, guys, you're not paying attention. While they do have some weapons, and while they can be explosive, you know, guys, that's not what you're getting like what we got last year. It's so funny how we're so influenced. You know, people are still, Dane, how many times this week did you hear, you know, you remember that Monday night game last year where they scored 900? Guys, that was a million years ago. It might as well have been a million years ago. It's got absolutely nothing to do with the makeup of this team right now and what this organization is going through. There are still, on that offensive line, there are some deficiencies. And yes, I don't care what you say, the knee, the ankle, he is not 100%. He's not going to be 100% for the rest of the year. year. So we need to get used to that, guys. But that offensive line, there are definitely, I think, some defenses as well, Dane, in the AFC. That to me, it's all about matchup, right? There are some defenses like uh, like the Chargers showed you that can match up pretty well against even Patrick Mahomes in this uh, in this season. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams have put out the blueprint, right? You know, we've seen not only defensively to be able to stuff them, but the idea of being able to run on them to keep Patty Mahomes on the sideline. We saw Houston do it in Arrowhead. We saw Indy do it in Arrowhead. Yep. The Chargers yep. did a lot of the job that they needed to do. 